Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. On this wintry morning, I'm sure many of you are dreaming of being in your garden right now, right? Well, you can think about it. You can plan what you'll be planting and more. So I highly urge you, if you have a gardening question, all of our lines are open. Uh, as we always, first come, first serve. Give us a call, 866-391-1020. And if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you'll win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us again via remote on the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline, it's Mr. Doug Oster, DougOster.com. Morning, Doug. Good morning, Rob. How were the roads? Not bad. Not bad, but it is still snowing, and I'm just hoping I can get home when this uh, airship comes to an end at 1 o'clock today. Yeah, yeah, I looked out there. It's coming down pretty good here in Ross Township, so we'll see. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to start gardening. Uh, but, you know, even after uh dropped below 10 degrees in, in my garden, I went out there and I still have uh, kale, mustard greens, cilantro, Swiss chard, oh, onions, uh, still out there, even when it's this cold. And then in the unheated greenhouse, these little uh, six-inch pots, froze solid that have mustard greens in them, but the greens are still there, so I have something to look at, uh, including uh, also on the windowsill some beautiful uh, amaryllis. Uh, I love amaryllis, and if you're wondering how to make them uh, bloom again, I've got the information at the website, dougoster.com. But uh, planning continues for my summer trip to Croatia. You know, the elephant in the room is COVID. Uh, you know, hoping we'll be out of it by then, but I had a, uh, did a webinar last week that shows all every stop that we're making for the Croatia trip, and I put, posted that up on DougOster.com. Uh, I've got about five cabins left. We're going on our own boat. It's going to be awesome, uh, assuming that we're out of this. Uh, you know, the guy from the, the uh, my rep from Collect Travel uh, just told everybody, listen, if it doesn't go because of COVID, you get all your money back. So, And there's good news. For my Doug's Free Seed Shacks program, I'm I'm turning these old newspaper boxes, the kind you used to throw a quarter in and open it up and get the paper out. I'm turning those into a free seed shack uh, where people can just come and get the seeds. And uh, I've got the boxes, or I'm getting the boxes, but I've got them secured. And I got uh, some seed donations from Kitchen Garden Seeds, the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, and Angora Gardens. And then uh, Farm to Table of Western Pennsylvania heard about it, and they're going to sponsor the uh, project. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking for seeds, <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm going to put put them in the city, and I'm going to put one up in Butler, and I'm going to have one that's going to move around with cool seeds in it so that 
uh, you know, if you live in a certain area, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll moon them all around so you, you don't have to cross two rivers, hopefully, to get some fun seeds. So I'm really excited about this project. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have to find somebody that knows how to, has the ability to paint them. I've, I've got to paint them, um, you know, and get the logo of the newspaper off there. That's That's what they want. And so, uh, you know, follow along at the website. I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot about that program when I get the, the seeds out there, uh, when, when, this, when spring finally gets here. Um, there's an interesting story uh, that I discovered. Uh, a local inventor made these things. They're called plant traps. And uh, I was at uh, Best Feeds. Uh, down close to, in Ross on the way to Millvale, and uh, they were showing me this this product, and I was like, wow. And that's a, a local person did that? So I wrote about it for the the Green Voice, uh, which is the newsletter of Pittsburgh Earth Day, the place where I write my stories. And it, it's a decorative piece of, of uh, iron, metal, that's bent into an L, and then it slips through the bottom of a deck or uh, a porch railing, and so you can put your potted plants on the outside of the deck. And so when you water them, it's not going all down to your spindles and everything, and I was really surprised. I mean, I thought it was the coolest thing, but you never know. And when I wrote the, the, the story, I had lots of response, and uh, the woman told me she got a bunch of orders. So... Again, you know, I posted that at DougOster.com, and uh, a couple weeks ago, I went to Phipps to, to check out the Orchid Show, did a tour for Pittsburgh Today Live, and after the tour, I always like to go around and shoot pictures and post them on my social media, and I posted a picture of one of the orchids, and a friend of mine, uh, Carolyn Bolton, saw the picture and says, can you find out the name of that orchid, because... There was one that was named after me. She's an, she's uh, been part of the Orchid Society forever. She she's growing. What did she tell me? Got to be 500 orchids. Uh, <laughs> also trying to figure out a way to keep converting to LED light so that it costs less to, to keep all those orchids going. Uh, and so I sent a message to my friend Jordan Molino, who's the uh, assistant uh, director of exhibits there at Fifth. I said, "Can you figure out what this orchid is?" And it was. It was the one named after Carolyn. And so I'm going to do a little story on that. And I've got a message into the breeder who made the orchid, why he named it for her. And it's a beautiful orchid. And that one you can see at my Facebook page. A little later on, Mrs. Know-It-All will be here, and she's going to talk all about uh, fragrant flowers. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she's going to come up with for that topic because, uh, you know, all of us, we we just – you know, we love the fragrance of whatever it might be, a peony or a rose, or I'm, I don't know if she's going to talk about annuals, but it'll be fun to hear what she has to say. And remember, if you've got a gardening question and you can't get through, this is a day I, I would imagine you could get through. These cold, snowy days, we don't get as many calls, and I'll give you the number in a second. But if you're too shy to call, just go to DougOster.com. I answer my questions uh, after the show uh, for about an hour until I watch uh, Pittsburgh, or I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Sunday morning. No, CBS Sunday morning, which is the show my wife and I watch after we do this. After I do this show, so if you do have questions about your house plants or getting ready for the season or anything else, give me a call eight six six three nine one ten twenty. It's eight six six 
391-1020. Do we happen to have a caller, Rob? We are getting one, as they say, in the queue. But before we do, why don't you share this uh, listener's question from JP with us, please? Yeah, this is pretty good. I've been uh, uh, getting these questions after the show. And so JP says that he has moss in his backyard spreading throughout the yard. And while it's nice because of no mowing, it's like an ice rink. And so when he's out in the dog, taking the dogs out there, it's quite easy to slip, and it has no roots to grip the earth. So he's he's actually pulling that moss up while he's uh, walking the dogs. And uh, while he likes the way it looks, it's dangerous because it's sloped and hilly. So how do we get grass to grow there again? And this is a very, very common question. Uh, and so whenever we see moss, first off, you know me, I always say love your moss. But in this situation, if, if you're going to break your neck, uh, we got to go another direction. And so when we get to, to uh, you know, end of March, early April, uh, it's time to take a look at that soil and see where the pH is. And so uh, oftentimes when we see moss, uh, that means that the pH and fertility are probably off. So get a, get a soil test from Penn State Cooperative Extension. See where you're at. Now you'll have a scientific uh, number uh, for the pH and information on what the fertility is there on that soil. And so you can, and it, would, it will tell you in the soil test what you can do to build that soil back to where it should be. Once you get the pH, uh, start working on the pH to get it back to uh, – neutral, then all we need to do is uh, maybe kick in a little bit of compost, uh, throw some uh, uh, grass seed down, get good grass seed. You know, Penn State mix is good. I love the stuff from Jonathan Green, too. You know, pick a sunny type of grass mix for for a bright area and then the shady for, for something that's like, don't try and go the other way around. And, um, you know, wait till third week of April around there. You get lots of rain, things warm up, and then we could reseed. And now you have a better better chance there at uh, at growing that, that grass and not so much moss. All right, what we're going to do is take a break. We'll come back. We've got some calls waiting for Doug. In the meantime, if you'd like to join us, 866-391-1020. Back with the Organic Gardener, Doug Oster, DougOster.com. 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDK, Rob Pratt Sunday in just a moment. Hey, this year your neighbors need help now more than ever through this cold winter. Join us for the Get Marty Warmathon to benefit Dollar Energy Fund presented by Matt Mertz Plumbing Thursday, February the 11th from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Details on how you can help at kdkradio.com. Brought to you by Heffron Tillotson, Vincentian Terrace Place, Saloni's Italian Bread Company, and Heber's Pharmacy. All right, DougOster.com, Doug Oster, the Organic Gardener, Rob Pratt Sunday, and let's go to D in White Oak. Hey, D, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I like to grow nasturtiums, and I just throw seed around, and they come up beautifully, and I mix all the different colors and everything, but there's an awful lot of bees around them, and I, my two little grandchildren are usually around, and I just don't like those bees that close to the house. Uh, is there any solution to, <laughs> to stopping that, or no? Not really, you know. Uh, I don't think bees, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it's so funny because so many of us, and I understand your problem, but so many of us are trying hard to bring the bees into the garden uh, right. as we as we want to help pollinators. But for the most part, those bees aren't going to aren't going to bother anybody unless they get stepped on, and so. Uh, I would I would say, 
keep enjoying those nasturtiums because I'm like you. I love nasturtiums. And let me tell you, uh, I was at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden um, last week, and somebody gave me a pesto made from nasturtium uh, flowers and uh, leaves, but I haven't tried it yet. And one of those places I was talking about, uh, Angora Gardens, is right in White Oak, and that is a cool place. I love that place. So continue with your nasturtiums. Ignore the bees. They'll be okay. All right? <laughs> okay. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for your call. All right. Let's go to uh, Cindy in Irwin. Up next for Doug Oster, DougOster.com, KDKA. Hi, Cindy. Hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Um, I have a two-part question real fast. Um, I have a dwarf pussy willow that I love, but it's gotten too big uh, for the spot that it's in. Wanted to know when the best time to transplant it, like after it gets a little pussy willow things on it or before, um, and any hints you could give me so it doesn't die. Well, it, it how big is it? Um, it's probably six, six, six and a half feet. Do you, it's pretty full. Look, it got really full. Yeah, from looking at it, do you feel that if you know you could actually move it? It's not too big. That's my only concern. Um, yeah, yeah, it's about, I would say the, you know, thickness of it's about maybe three inches is a wild guess right now, but I think I All still right. can. It's only been in there about four, four or five years. Well, okay, well, the, the, ni- the nice thing is that they're really tough, and so uh, the, the the bad thing is, is it's going to do its thing really early in the season, probably before you can move it. We don't want to lose that part of it. Uh, is the fact that it, is it in the way also? Um, yes. I, I, right. When I said dwarf, I was thinking it was going to, you know, not yeah. real large. Yeah. Real, real we, large. So we've, yeah. we've all done that before. Oh, it's dwarf, so it shouldn't get that, and then it just goes crazy. You know, yeah. I, if, was, if I had my druthers, I would want to do it in the fall, but I, would you be able to wait that long? Is it driving you crazy? Um, no, you know, no, I could, I could wait till that long. I just didn't want it to freeze out, you know, like sometimes the falls are nice. Sometimes, you know, get that quick early snow. But so I, what, what, like, what time? September. Of fall I would think? rather do it in September. But you know what? When Mrs. Know-It-All comes on, I'll ask her too and see what she thinks. She might think it's okay. fine to move it in the spring. I'm just worried about uh, missing the uh, the beauty of, of the little pussy willow things that come out. So let's talk about right. know it all about it. You know, most of the time we we like to move trees and shrubs and such in the fall, but I do do it in the spring. That one, because it's so early, I'm thinking fall. But we'll talk to Mrs. Know-It-All and see what she has to say about it. She might give you some good news, and you can move it in the spring, and then it'll be out of your way. All right, let's go to uh, Kay in the North Hills. Hey, Kay, how you doing? Good morning. Happy winter. <laughs> Happy um, winter, uh, Kay. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, Mrs. Know-It-All talked to us about uh, planting bulbs in a flower pot and putting it in the garage. Um, my, I put tulip bulbs in the garage, and I wondered, how long does it have to stay there, and then when do you bring them out, you know, to get well, them started? Well, Mrs. Know-It-All is the expert on that. I guess that'll be another thing that we'll ask her when she comes on. Uh, when I've done it in the past, I just I wait until we get to uh, end of uh, March, early April, and I bring them out then and then let them do their thing when they're ready. 
Uh, but we'll see. Mrs. Know-It-All will tell us exactly how to do it. I, I, that's exciting. I want to see how things work out for you, Kay, because um, that's a great way to grow bulbs. And as I said, you know, Mrs. Know-It-All taught me to do how to do that, gosh, I don't know how many years ago. Uh, but as I said, she's the expert, and we, when she comes on, we'll, we'll talk to her and see what she thinks. All right, let's take one more before the bottom of the hour. We've got about two minutes. Let's go to Andrew in Clinton, Pennsylvania. Hey, Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Doug. So I have a question. I'm looking to plant a garden to grow some vegetables, and I don't have any garden established on my property. I'm kind of curious, how do I go about turning, you know, regular grass yard into a functioning garden. Well, I'm glad you called because uh, 20 years ago I would have told you one way to do it, and now I'm going to tell you an easier way to do it. Um, I don't, I don't want you to have to go down and dig all that up. What I want you to do is buy a big giant truckload of compost for 100 bucks and dump it over your grass. You know, usually I would put something down over that grass, which in my case, it would be uh, uh, thick layers of newspaper, seven to 10 layers of newspaper down, get it wet, dump that compost on top of there. Now you have an instant garden. However you decide to do it, however, however you, uh, you know, how big this area is going to be, if you just build up like 12 to 18 inches with compost, I'm telling you what, your plants will go nuts. They'll get down, the roots will get down, and they'll get through that newspaper as it starts to degrade, and you'll have so much compost on top, you're not going to have to worry about the grass coming up through there, and that is an easy way, and, and you know, the, the way we used to do it is as I would dig in there and add compost, the next year add more compost, dig in and mix it in, and it took three, four, or five years to get the soil up to uh, the quality we need. Just dumping that compost on there, you're going to be so happy you did that. Just decide, you know, where you want it, how you want the paths to be, and, and uh, you'll be good to go. That's just an, a great way to get a new garden started. All right, short break. News coming up with Melinda, then back with Doug and more of your calls. And right now, all of our lines are wide open. Took care of a lot of folks here in the first half hour. So you can call us at 866-391-1020. You can reach us at Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. Rob Pratt Sunday continues in moments, FM 100.1 AM 1020, KDK. All right, folks, 10th caller right now wins that incredible gift certificate uh, worth $25 to head out to the farm, Janowski's Farm in Clinton, Pennsylvania. They're open all winter long, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, of course, 412-922-1020. And uh, we're going to get some more listener questions via Doug. We're also waiting to hear from you as well at 866-391-1020. But you know those jarred products that I was talking about at Janoski's, i got to believe people are eating more stuff from their garden this year than ever before, right, Doug? Uh, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I, I actually wanted to say at the top, again, reiterate, reiterate that uh, you need to get, if you grow from seed, you need to get your seeds now. Uh, I was at uh, a nursery the other day. They only received half of their seed order. And, and one of the seed racks that came in, it came in with some seeds already sold out. Uh, and so they, they didn't have it even to fill a standard rack. Those would be seeds that they would always have because, you know, they have a certain uh configuration for the rack and so they're going to want those seeds and so if you get a rack that's coming into a nursery and it's already out of certain varieties this is going to be another year for gardening where not only are seeds going to be scarce at a certain point 
but plants, certain plants are going to be hard to find too. So get out there. Uh, if you order online, do it that way. If you're, I'd rather, of course, that you go to your local nursery and order that. But if you can't get something from your local nursery, something special, you might have to order online. But whatever you're doing to get your seeds, get out there and, and get it done. So I did get uh, some good questions uh, after the show in the last couple of weeks, and this one's from Thomas. Took your advice, had my soil tested by Penn State, got the results for pH was uh, what Thomas says a little above optimal. Everything else was good, but then I said, well, what was the pH? And he said 7.6. So that is way off. You know, you you generally want 6.5, and I know that only, you know, it's like, well, 6, then 7, but that is a huge, huge difference. And so I told him to look at the recommendation on, you know, what to add and how much to add and get that pH back down to 6.5. pH is so important. You know, in his case, he's got, uh, in his test, all the nutrients are, are great for growing, but if the pH is off, the plant can't accept those nutrients. So we need to get that back to 6.5. Another interesting question from Tim, uh, he learned about the positive aspects of something called microclover from watching an old This Old House show. Uh, and he wanted to experiment with it in a raised wildflower bed, uh, hoping it would help control weeds and improve the soil. And so microclover is just a very short version of the normal clover we see in the yard. And the reason it actually uh, came to be is that, it, well, back in the day, it used to be that clover seed and grass seed were mixed together. And you would plant that, and the grass would come up, and then the clover would come up. And the clover has uh, a symbiotic relationship with the grass. It takes nitrogen out of the air and makes it available for the grass. And so at a certain point, uh, you know, we've been told clover is no good. You don't, it's a weed. We don't want it in the, in the lawn. But from a science uh, standpoint, we know that it does help. So they came up with a mini clover that you can't really see when you're planting it with your grass because it's down below the, the blades of grass. And so in this situation, I didn't think it would be, uh, the micro clover would be, the right choice for him with a wildflower garden you know uh, i would just go with normal clover or red clover or some type of other uh, nitrogen fixing plant that will do exactly what he wants to do keep the weeds down and um, add nitrogen to the soil uh, any callers rob yeah not yet doug but you know one of the things that i i think people need to understand you know, one thing about gardening, you know, we mentioned all of these exotic things and big things and jarring products. We want people to know you don't have to do it all overnight. Just, you know, get a, a few things planted or even starting some seeds in the house during the winter months just to kind of get a feel of it and let the rest, uh, you know, just take that natural course as opposed to trying to do everything overnight, which in, a, in the long run sometimes can turn people off. So we want people to take baby steps before they take giant steps. That right? is a great point because uh, with so many people finding their way to gardening over the last year because of COVID, uh, that's exactly what happens. And I think it's in sometimes it's human nature to bite off as much as you can <laughs> And, and build this amazing garden. But uh, Rob is right. Take it one step at a time. Uh, if you're new to gardening, the, the number one thing, and, and for people who have listened to this show for all these years, this is going to be a broken record, but it's just uh, adding uh, organic matter to the soil 
is going to go a long way to giving you that green thumb. Uh, it's all about improving the soil. And when that soil is giving you everything or giving the plant everything it needs, the plant in general will basically outgrow uh, most pests and diseases. Now, not every pest, you're going to have failures. That's the other part about learning about gardening. Uh, plants die. This is part of it. Uh, I always say, well, something must have happened to it before I got it, and even if it's 10 years old. It was it happened before I got it. Uh, but that's just part of, of the process. And as Rob said, take it slow. You know, uh, even in my garden, you know, I, I made beds early on that I can't keep up with, and I've just let them go back to the woods. You know, there's a few shrubs in there and such, but I can't keep up with them. And gardening is supposed to be fun. And it's not fun if you're if you're sweating it and you're worried and you're, you're like, oh, you know, i got to get out there. i got to do this. i got to do that. You'll figure out what's right for you as you build the garden. All right. Uh, and go ahead. No, I was going to say, go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh You'll figure it out as you get going. All right, let's get you a know, couple. How much you how much you can do? That's let's all. Let's get a couple of calls in here quickly before the break and Mrs. Know It All. Here's Linda and Butler. Hey, Linda, how are you? What do you want to know about hibiscus? Good, good morning. Last year, I experimented uh, starting uh, seed, and I I put the seed in between a napkin and I poured boiling hot water over them, just experimenting. They sprouted in four days. Well, anyways. I have about 40 plants that took. So last year they grew about a foot, and I did put them in full sun, which they need, but it's they were like kind of burning. So I did put them in an area where it's part sun, part shade. So this coming year, uh, should I put them in all full sun to uh, where they were supposed to be? Uh, so is this a, a type of hibiscus that is the tropical, or is it one that can live outside year-round? It's the hardy. Oh, okay, good. Well, yeah, you, you know, ideally they would just they would love morning sun and then, uh, you know, shade starting around 3 in the afternoon. Uh, but mm-hmm. they, they should be able to take full sun. It might just be when they're making that transition from – starting from seed and growing indoors and then going outside that, that they, they struggled. They're outside now living out there waiting to, to come up again. Well, when they, when they were growing and they got all to about five inches tall, I planted them in the ground and I have about 40 of them. So I had, I had to put them back near the woods where I had room and then um, they're in the ground, and they grew. And then I did trim them down um, before we got the frost, and I had them covered over with, a, like, a bucket, like, from that you grow flowers in, like, when you buy the pots. And I have about 40 of them, but I, I don't want them to die, so I didn't know if I should plant them where it's full sun. They'll grow just about anywhere. They love full sun. I think your sun problems were just during that transplant period. Um, they were early. Well, no, it's not that. It's just that when they make that transition, when they're little like that and they go from indoors to outdoors, it's hard on them. We do a thing called hardening off, just a process uh, of of slowly acclimating a plant that's grown from the inside to the outside. Now that they've been outside, I wouldn't have the bucket on top of them because they're tough. Don't worry about that. Well, when they come up, they're going to be they're going to be ready to go, and you could you can move them just about anywhere you want to. And I would I would move them as 
if if they if you're going to move them to to the spot you want them to be at, I would move yeah. them as soon as they as soon as they get some foliage on them, and they'll they'll be fine. They're they're tough. It's hard to kill them. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. More calls, and Mrs. Know It All next. All right, here we go, folks. It's time for you know who, Doug. It's time for Mrs. Know It All. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. And Denise, real quick, before we get to fragrant flowers, which I'm excited to talk about, mm-hmm. when would you move? When would you move a pussy willow? A pussy willow, I would wait until after it's done blooming, and then you could move it and have the ground already prepared and make sure it's a place that gets adequate moisture. You don't want it to be soggy wet like you know people think willows like, but it does need to get regular moisture. And when would you bring out some tulips that you had uh, had and had in the uh, in the garage for the winter? Okay, so they need ten to twelve weeks of cold weather. So if they've been in there, you can start bringing them out, um, put them in a cool but bright area. Uh, They will stretch a little bit um, because they're leaning towards the light. Forced tulips that you buy in a garden center have been sprayed with what's known as a growth regulator just to keep them short. So that's all you need to do. And actually, they sell rings that you can put over them. Or you could take a piece of raffia or twine or ribbon and kind of tie them up to keep them from falling over. Or just twine string in my case. Nothing fancy. All right. Tell me about your favorite fragrant flowers. I've been waiting to hear this all day. Oh, well, i got all kinds. I've got lavender. I've got roses. I've got... um, Oh, what do you call it? My magnolia that I have growing out in my yard because eh, you got to think that trees and shrubs have fragrance too. Uh, lilies, of course. You know, my my gotta have favorite. Hmm? Got to have lilies. Oh, always. Heliotrope, the, what they call the apple pie plant, and peonies. You know, the old-fashioned peonies. You just go and you kind of stick your nose in them and sniff, and as long as you don't sniff out an insect, you're good to go there. Um, but did you know that insects can smell flowers before they see them? Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. So um, a lot of what they call the social insects, like honeybees and bumblebees, they actually go to the fragrant flowers first before going to a non-fragrant flower. And it's actually a learned behavior, um, much like Pavlov's dogs, you know, you hit the... uh, dog food uh, dish and they all come running so they will actually go to them first and other pollinators uh, will do that too but it's very noticeable in bees and they also know if a flower's already been pollinated once if you know somebody's come by and had some nectar so they may not go to that as their first choice they'll go to another flower first that hasn't been pollinated and you know, bees aren't the only pollinators. You know, besides butterflies, uh, moths, bats, hoverflies, you know, not not the pretty insects that we're thinking of, so to speak. You know, um, bats fertilize actually a lot of uh, fruit plants as well. So they're important. And then there's other ones like um, Stapelia, which they call the starfish flower, which smells like dead meat, and uh, it actually attracts flies and pollinates them as well. So, you know, there's there's a a lot. There's certain butterflies that are also attracted to certain colors, but some of them 
also are attracted to fragrance. So in, in, in 60 seconds, school me on the best way to grow lavender, because I want to grow some lavender. Okay, lavender. So full sun, well-draining soil, uh, get it established, but you know, don't let it you know, sit in water. I have mine on top of a retaining wall at the edge, and it just goes to town. It will actually, in a couple of years, be cascading over, because it will actually recede right there. Are there any certain varieties that are, are more hardy than others? The English varieties, Hidcote, Munstead, they're pretty hardy. I also have one called uh, Super Blue that I picked up uh, about two years ago, and it's actually done well for me here. And it, my right. lavender is in an, expo- in an exposed place. Nice. Thank you very much for the information. Grow something that smells good. Uh, remember that I'll be answering questions after the show. I see I've got a bunch on there already. You just go to DougOster.com. And, Rob, how are we doing on time? It is time for you to exit stage left, sir. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, good job. Have a great week. Stay with us because coming up, we've got the news at 8 with Melinda, and then we're going to warm you up on this day with some delicious soups and stews recipes, the topic of conversation on the Coons Cooking Hour. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.